It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's another Friday morning, the 6th of May for 2022. In just a moment, Rich Harvey is here from propertybuyer.com.au, and we're going to be having a look at valuation challenges in a falling market in 2022. I think nobody can disagree that the market at the moment is falling. And also coming up tomorrow, what is happening in Canberra with the median house prices? Every Canberra region now has a median house price of $900,000 plus. Well, Tim Burke is a local real estate man on the ground there in Canberra, and he is going to give us the lowdown as part of the weekend breakfast tomorrow morning. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. Around Australia we go and first to Sydney expecting a mainly fine day with sunshine in 21 degrees. Melbourne a little bit cool, just 17 degrees with one or two showers. Brisbane rain with 25 degrees and in Perth blue skies and a fine one with 24 degrees. If you've got a question that needs answering, you can email us at myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Let's talk property a podcast series with Rich Harvey. Yes, it is that time of the week. And for many buyers, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, it probably feels like the market has turned on a dime. Price growth in the first quarter of the year has been flat with interest rates starting to rise, not helped by the increased cost of living and international uncertainties all playing a factor into this equation. And remember, it wasn't that long ago when you purchased a property, you could almost guarantee the value rising immediately. But that wave has passed, which presents a new problem for anyone who is relying on a formal bank valuation for unconditional finance to see them over the line. It's a good subject to discuss this morning. And it must be a Friday because we're discussing it with Rich Harvey, CEO, from propertybuyer.com.au. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Craig. Good to be with you. Yeah, such a big week. You know, the RBA has made that move and we've had a busy one talking with CoreLogic and Domain with their reporting of the first quarter in particular and the data is just coming very quick and fast at the moment. Yeah, well, look, there is a, it was always anticipated. You know, I'm one of 32 economists that do the finder survey and also I to participate in the National Australia Bank quarterly property survey. And they're always asking the question, when will the first interest rate or when will interest rates rise and what quantum will they rise? You know, I was predicting either a May or a June rise for the first one, but this is the first rise quarter percent in 11 years. So it's quite a, an unusual scenario. So a lot of people, um, a lot of investors, even a lot of selling agents haven't experienced a market where we've got rising interest rates, you know, but this first rise is really um, majorly affecting sentiment. Now, I mean, we've got to look at it in context. 
there's lots of conjecture about how far and wide this one interest rate increase will be. But obviously, a Reserve Bank is signaling it's not a one-off. There's going to be multiple increases. So I think we've got another potentially three interest rate rises this this calendar year, and then maybe another three or four in the following year. So I think the cash rate will probably settle around 1.75 to 2%. Craig, the, the initial effect it's having on the market is obviously pushing buyers away. There's going to be um, less buyers. We're going to see the volume of listings increase. It also spells opportunity. So I don't think buyers should be, be scared off by this market. It's just a natural part of the, the property cycle correcting. Yeah, it will be very interesting to watch that. And you know that valuations are such a critical part of the buying process. And I want to ask you, what are the risks for buyers during the settlement period if they get that poor valuation? In a cooling market, Craig, it is, it is a real risk and buyers need to be really careful that firstly, they've got their finance pre-approval in place. I mean, that's the first step. So buying a property is inherently risky. The risk is you buy a property, let's say you made an offer of $1.5 million, you got it accepted, then the bank valuer comes in and he's got his little clipboard, he's got his checklist, he walks through the property, he does his comparable sales check, he goes back to the office, then he goes you know what, this $1.5 million you paid, it's actually too much because I can't justify that price. And he puts a valuation of $1.4 million. So all of a sudden, what you thought was a good price, you're 100 grand out, you're out of pocket in the sense. So it doesn't mean it's not the end of the world. What it will mean is that you've got to then go and find that extra 100 grand and supply that for settlement day. If you've got equity in other property, great. Or if you've got cash, great. You can solve that problem. But if you don't have access to that extra 100 grand, you're going to be in all sorts of hot water and you've got to be so careful. There's also that lag effect, Craig. So when you sign a contract and then settlement or completion date, in New South Wales, it's typically 42 days. In Queensland, it's around 35 days. But if you've got a really long settlement period, the bank will, will probably do a valuation again. They'll probably do one on exchange and they may do another one. If it's like longer than 90 days for your settlement and you do run the risk of getting a low valuation. In fact, I was just presenting to a group of mortgage choice brokers yesterday, around 20 of them, and asking this question, are you starting to see any issues with valuations in, in a cooling market? And they said, yeah, some of the banks are, are really putting the screws on and starting to put on their own policies and instructing valuers to be extra conservative and extra cautious. So yeah, the word on the street is you you do need to be very careful what you're offering and what you end up paying. It's a good thing to plug into Mortgage Choice, having 20 people around the table, just getting that vibe in terms of what they're sort of noticing out in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting intel. And I think a really good plug for mortgage brokers generally. I mean, I, I would only ever go to a broker to, to get loans because they know the policies of all the lenders. And there's no way that any single person can be across all the different loan products that are out there. Make sure you don't default on your credit cards. That's the worst thing you can do. But have all your finances squeaky clean and that'll really help you fly through that credit assessment. Yeah, squeaky clean, that's what it's all about. And how concerned should people be with a low valuation by the bank? Because there are some consequences to think about in that area, aren't there? Well, there are. I mean, as I said, you know, evaluation is a, is a formal document and the banks rely on that to provide their funding for the loan. So typically when you go for a loan, you'll get, as an investor, you'll, you'll borrow up to 80%. You've got to have 20% in cash or in equity in another property. 
but there's a chance that you know the market may go down and um, and the price you paid is actually too high. So you should be concerned. And I guess we've seen a lot of extreme cases where people have bought off the plan style investor units many years back, and the settlement period was you know one to three years until the complex was built. And then by the time the owners were ready to take possession, the market had tanked. And a lot of people found themselves stuck with these units that were valued, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars below the original contract price. So the owners had to either decide, well, you know, do I settle and cop the loss um, on, on the value or do I on sell it at a discount or walk away and lose the deposit? So there are serious consequences if you get it wrong. A valuation report will identify the risk of a suburb, a risk of how much the, the market is rising or falling. And you'll start to see that risk rating on valuations starting to be at a higher ranking as we go through this market. And unfortunately, that could potentially also kill a finance full, a, what we call a full unconditional approval. If a bank goes into an area and values a property and they say, look, it's a, it's a blacklisted suburb, watch out because you may not be able to get finance on that property. Yeah, okay. And so we've talked about getting a poor valuation. What are some of the solutions to the valuation dilemma itself? My view is the market's going to correct, right? Whether it's 2%, 5%, 10% or whatever. So if you're buying for the long term, don't panic. Property is forgiving over time. So, you know, for me, I'm out there buying right now. In fact, I just exchanged on a property last week, Craig. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Even in a declining market, I'm still buying. So I think you've got to have a long-term perspective and decide that, you know what, I know the market might fluctuate a few percent, but I know I'm buying in the right location. It's got the right fundamentals for growth, close to shops, schools, transport, good education facilities, um, population growth is moving ahead, all of those factors. What are your other options if you get a low vowel and, and you've got to decide whether to proceed? Well, in New South Wales, if you sign a contract and you've got a cooling off period, you've got to decide whether you walk away and you forfeit 0.25% of the purchase price, that's your initial deposit, or whether you go through. In Queensland, you can sign a contract subject to finance. And this is one of the beautiful things about buying in Queensland is that if your valuation doesn't stack up and you can't get finance, then you can walk away uh, without a penalty. That's a really safe way to do it. So if we get to a situation in a market where it's, it's really difficult, then I'd be advising people to potentially put in a clause in a contract that says, you know, I'm buying this property subject to finance. But bear in mind, not every vendor will accept that term. So again, you've got to make a, a clear judgment as to whether that's a good strategy or not a good strategy, depending on where you're buying. It's really important that buyers understand the market because values are changing on a weekly and monthly basis. Data houses like CoreLogic are critical in providing that information for buyers to get educated. And what's been your own experience with valuations in these types of markets, Rich? Because obviously you've, you've seen a lot. Well, my experience with value is generally is that they're quite conservative. Like during the, the property boom, it was fantastic. It was so easy to get your property revalued at the number you wanted because there were comparable sales popping up every week higher than what you were expecting. But in a declining market, it's a lot more difficult. So when a valuer goes to a property, they typically got to put in four to five comparable sales. So what I do in my own experience, I do the valuer's job for them. I actually prepare a report because it's my day job and I actually give the valuer my own appraisal of the property. Now, whether they use it or not, it's up to them. But a lot of them go, oh, wow, thanks. That's really helpful. Uh, or some of them push it away. Look, thanks, but we're completely independent. We'll do our own assessment. 
But I know from my own experience where it should end up. Now, my experience is sometimes I've ended up with low vowels and I've been really frustrated and I've done what's called I've contested the valuation. But valuers are very reluctant to change the number that they've put on a vowel. Their professional pride's on the line. They have all sorts of PI insurance and they don't want to, they're not going to cut any corners. They're going to put their number that they believe it's worth in today's market. So what do you do if you've got a low vowel? You can also go back to uh, the broker and go with a different lender and get another vowel. And I've seen variations in my own experience uh, of my own properties value differences of like $50,000 or $100,000. So, you know, as much as it is a science, there's also what I call variation that can happen on, on the line. So it's important that you, you hold your ground, understand where the value should sit and don't be afraid to, to call it out if you don't believe it's the right number. Hey, good on you, Rich. It's plenty of information to wade through there. It is a Friday, so enjoy your weekend. Look forward to catching you back same time, same place next Friday. Thanks, Craig. Great to be chatting with you again. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.